Mike, did you get the show notes? Was that a boat horn? That was the door squeaking. I got a WD-40. <laughs> it sounded like Jeff, <laughs> Andy, Jeff asked when the door opened, he asked, is that a boat horn? It sounded like a <laughs> I got I to oil that today. Remind me, okay, Andy? Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 39 of the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco. Today's date is July 27th, 2019. I'm here with my co-hosts, Mike Valverde. Mike, how's your morning going? Um, It's off to a little bit start with these technical difficulties, but other than that, wife is gone. She's at work therapizing people. So it's all good when the wife is gone. <laughs> would, you rather, would, would you rather have a technical issue or a wardrobe malfunction? You know, it depends on the mood I'm in, but okay. it depends and, and whether or not you're within 200 yards of a school. Yeah, exactly. All right, and my other co-host Evan Hoovler. Evan, how's your morning going? My morning's going great. I'm sober for this one. There so you go. We're gonna figure first out how time, that goes. First time for everything, huh? So today we are talking running backs. Uh, last week we we kicked off a, a little bit of a discussion with quarterbacks. We're going to go position by position, and that'll get us right straight into draft season. Um, next week we'll do wide receivers, and then tight ends, and then uh, that'll be mid August, and that's that's primo draft season. Um, quick question off the top, you guys, is just thought of this. When do you guys prefer your draft to be? Be um, every summer before football <laughs> season. Okay, when during August are you? Are you, do you guys like to draft like the? I I know some people who draft on Wednesday before the season. My uh, big money league drafts on Saturday after the season after the first game. That is wild. Why would you do that? Because uh, we're we fly in from out of town, and uh, it's hard to do that on a weekday. And we're in Tahoe, so if we do it on Saturday, we can go to the sports book on Sunday and watch all the games. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, now I'm on board with that with that move. Though I, I I would ask the question, why can't you do that on the Saturday before the first game? It's Labor Day weekend and a lot ah. of family commitments. Well, who cares about family? Um, I like to draft after the third preseason game because nothing's going to happen in the fourth preseason game, and and I I like to I. It's worked out the last couple of years where I've had multiple drafts in one day, and I kind of like that, a little marathon. I did, I think, my office league, my longtime home league, and then uh, a keeper league with old uh, Fantasy Pros guys. I think I did those all in one day last year, and that was that was a long day, but it was a lot of fun. Um, so You're still drafting with Fantasy Pros, dudes? Yeah, I have a, there's a dynasty. I, I like to call it a dynasty light league. We keep, it's an eight person keeper league or you keep eight uh -huh. people and um, it's been running. John Aubin's been running it for the last, like, I think I've been in it for like five years. Yeah. Year five. We're entering it into it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, he re-upped it today. I'm still not kicked out. Like I got kicked out of the baseball league. <laughs> you got kicked out of a baseball league. Yeah. Cause I don't, you? Write for, I don't write for fantasy pros anymore. So they, they booted me. Oh, that that's uncalled for. It is uncalled for. Um, I man, only auction, so every single draft is a marathon. Yeah, that's true. Marathon, I mean, auction drafts are they're a whole nother beast than uh, than um, snake drafts. They take forever. That's my longtime home league is a uh, is a uh, is an auction league, and that one opened up today too. And and uh, I have some amazing values for keepers. I'm very excited. 
um, for that one. All right. So um, right off the top, let's get the uh, some of the housekeeping out of the way. This is the Football Absurdity uh, podcast, a part of footballabsurdity.com. Um, if you've been to our website, chances are it is to procure yourself a beer sheet. Um, beer sheets are fully customizable fantasy football cheat sheets um, that uh, get updated about once every week, once every 10 days. And what's cool about this one is you don't have to rerun your settings. Um, you get a drop uh, a link that you can um, save and you just go back to that that URL and it'll automatically update when the um, when the uh, sheets update. It's very cool. Uh, very excited about that product this year. Um, we've done a, a good amount of stuff behind the scenes, including taking the website down for a week to try to improve that product this year. <laughs> so hopefully it's going to do a lot better. Um, so you, you want to find us on the Soshi Meads. Um, I'm Jeff Crisco on Twitter. That's K-R-I-S-K-O. Mike is Mike. Or no, you're not. You're RFL Red Zone. Evan is Evan Hoovler on Facebook. Um, he's also on Twitter, but he never uses Twitter. Um, and the website is FBall Absurdity on Twitter. Um, so what we're going to do today, like I said, is running backs. But we're going to start off with news and notes. Uh, the training camps open this week. So we have a lot of news off of three days. Training camps opened on like Wednesday and Thursday. Woo! We already, House of yeah. Cards coming down. Yeah, we already have everybody's dying. Everybody's falling apart. Um Everybody's getting cut. Um, so there's a lot to, to talk about off the top. So we won't go too in-depth on a lot of these things, but we'll go in-depth on things where, where the discussion might take us. So first off the top, uh, Zeke Elliott did not travel to uh, Oxnard, California, beautiful Oxnard, um, to participate in the Cowboys training camp. Uh, he'd said he's he'd hold out until he got a new contract. He's got two years left on his deal. Um, we're seeing holdouts kind of at the end of these rookie contracts now instead of the beginning with the new uh, cap or the new uh, rookie contract structure. Um, but uh, but what does this do, Evan? We'll start with you to Zeke Elliott in your ranks. Did you bump him down a few bucks, or do you think he's going to get paid, or what? How does this change things? Same with Melvin Gordon. He's under contract, so he's going to get huge fines. Uh, I think they're equal to his actual salary if he holds out into the regular season. So I'm not worried. Mike, what about you? I'm not worried at the least. I I know that their prime aspect, even looking forward through signing, having to sign Prescott and Amari Cooper, and they had those, of course, are pressing needs. It is is a the face of the franchise and b the one that uh, the whole offense runs through. So he's not going to go see him sitting out um, anywhere close to like even week one. He'll be signed. He'll be ready to go. I wouldn't change your rankings. Okay, you know, and we'll yeah. find out later where he'll be ranked because today we're talking running backs. So we're going to talk sleeper breakout busts and some top fives. And I should hope he's in everybody's top five. That's uh. It's pretty, uh, pretty standard there. So uh, we already kind of touched on it uh, with talking about Zeke, but Melvin Gordon's holding out as well. He's already not at camp. Eckler's taking first team reps. Um, you guys think he's going to get re-signed? You think Gordon man gets paid? Me personally? I, I don't think Gordon is going to be a charger uh, this year or in the future. Wow. Okay. Show your work. What, what do you think he's getting traded? Or I mean, how is this different than the Zeke Elliott situation? So this is the thing about Melvin Gordon, and this is what the difference between Gordon and Elliott is. With with Elliott, the, they don't they don't really have anybody proven to 
replace replace him. We don't, we don't know what any of those backs can do. Now you flip over to Gordon, you got Eckler and Jackson, and they proved last year, I think it was three, four or five games or whatever it was that Gordon was out. They, they, they didn't really lose a beat at all. So is Gordon better than Eckler and Jackson? Absolutely. But they can still move that offense. And as long as Philip Rivers is there, I don't see them any problem. In fact, what a telling sign to me was when uh, Rivers said that you know they, they love Gordon, but wish you well. I, I, th- I think that says it all that, hey, we want you on our team. We, we, well, we love to have you, but if you can't make it, we understand. Okay. Um, so the, the difference is, is that Austin Eckler and, and it, I mean, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson aren't winning you titles. They have what, two years left with Philip Rivers as a high quality quarterback. So they're going to, they're going to play brinksmanship to start two Jags rather than one of the better running backs in the NFL. Uh, yeah. You're not going to risk a franchise, uh, especially when it comes to money, you're not going to submerge a franchise over a player, especially, a player like Melvin Gordon, and I, you know he's a first-round pick in in fantasy drafts, and he's one of the best running backs, and he's a bell cow, and he does all these things. But last year, I think was his first year that he ever had over four yards per carry. Uh, he's he's okay in the passing game. He's good, but I just don't really think that they're going to sink the franchise with someone like Melvin Gordon. Okay, uh, Evan. Uh, you're on the same page with Melvin Gordon? I can't live in a world where all these first-round running backs are questionable. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm standing behind the fines thing, but I'm also coming up with a, the answer I want to hear and then just cherry-picking data, I'm going to be honest. I just can't, I can't live in a world where I don't know if two of these guys are going to get picked. I already went through that with Tyreek. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's the top of the the running backs are getting a little iffy now with uh with guys sitting out. So uh, number one, I want that the Cowboys' offense is going to take off, and if he's not there, well, like it's a whole house of cards that comes down with with a lot of my auctions because I'm getting Cowboys. Well, Zeke Elliott's going to be there. I, I'm sorry, you have two years left on your contract, dude. And well, he has two years left on his contract, and the and the Cowboys pay people. So he's either going to go between his, put his leg blah, put his tail between his legs and come back, or the Cowboys are going to back up the Brinks truck. I mean, the Cowboys pay people. It's one of their, uh, I guess, being pro labor. It's one of their better traits is that they open up uh, open up the pocketbooks for players. So I don't think you have to worry about that with Dallas. Um, I don't think you have to worry about it with LA either. That's just me. Um, I think Gordon is going to present, you know, Gordon's going to fall to what the late round two um, and early round. So <laughs> somebody could start like Zeke. Uh, they could start uh, Zeke, uh, Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley, and they could either win their league running away or they could end up in last place because their first three round picks don't don't play. So that's kind of that's kind of crazy. Uh, where would you guys take Melvin Gordon? Mike, where would you take him right now in drafts? I, I wouldn't take him. I, I don't think uh, I, he'll be gone, as you were mentioning, early second round at the latest. And No, no, no. I, I was saying late second round. They'll start Zeke and then at, like at pick one or two and then the end of round two, Melvin Gordon, and then round the early round three, Todd Gurley. 
because he's falling in drafts that far. I I, I can't, I'm I'm actually kind of surprised that Gurley's going as late as the third round. I mean, it makes sense, but I wouldn't wait that long on on Gurley at all. I'm bringing um, him down. We were talking while you were fixing stuff. We were talking. He uh, he uh, gave a quote to the NFL that uh, about his knee, saying it's good, it's good. And then he said, "Yeah, we'll just have to see what happens in training camp." So now I'm super scared. Uh, yeah, I, 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 w- I don't buy into a lot of that stuff. Um, I mean, I, I honestly, I don't think that Gurley's going to be the bell cow back. I, mean, I, th- I think that's kind of obvious, but I don't think he's going to take as much time. Uh, I, I think we're going to see like an 85 to 90% Todd Gurley. So if you subtract 10, 10% out of his good seasons, out of those numbers, that's probably what you're going to get. Okay, but Melvin Gordon, when would you take Melvin Gordon was my question. Well, well I have him at $51. I mean, yeah, it would have to it would have to be late in the second. I mean, if he's going late in the second, sure. Anywhere between mid and and before that? No. Okay. So a late second round pick. Okay, sounds good. So, uh we got to kick this up cuz uh we spent a lot of time on on that. Uh the Giants uh wide receiver core. Uh Sterling Shepard broke his thumb, probably not going to play until week 1 if then. Golden Tate suspended four games for violating the league's PED policy. Corey Coleman tore his ACL. Your current fully healthy uh wide receivers in uh New York are Darius Slayton, Benny Fowler and Russell Shepard. Um so Evan Ingram's going to get uh you 20 targets week 1. Um uh, they're also working out Kelvin Benjamin. So uh, what do you guys think of Tate missing the first four games, Corey Coleman tearing his ACL and what it means for Evan Ingram and Sterling, Sterling Shepard. I'm not worried about. He'll be back week three at the latest. I think I love when bad players get suspended for PEDs. It's like, why did you even take those? You're still not good. Golden Tate. All right. Uh, uh, Mike, what are, what do you think about uh, uh, Evan Ingram with this? this uh, uh, decimation of the Giants wide receiver room. Well, he's definitely the number one receiver right now. Uh, I, I mean, because, uh, you know, you, you gave the list of names, and unless someone is just needing this this break to become a Hall of Fame wide receiver or someone that is at least better than Golden Tate, which I don't see happening, uh, yeah. I mean, you're definitely going to play Ingram. Uh, until they start recuperating all the the pieces back together again, but say uh, Barclays is going to get like I don't know how many carries, which is great in the beginning, but they're going to have to watch that because the more carries he gets in the beginning means less go- as the season goes on. So just keep that in mind. Okay, um, we're going to skip Dolphins chat because it doesn't really matter. Uh, Lions released Theo Riddick. Uh, what does this mean, uh, Evan? What does this mean for Carryon Johnson for you? Uh, Theo Riddick was going to cut into a lot of Carryon's uh, targets, and uh, he was inexplicably on the field like one out of every three plays last year, uh, soaking up a lot of uh, opportunity from other players despite not being very good. So, what does this mean for Carryon Johnson? For yeah, you? the main objection to him was his coach hates putting him in him in, in, in every play, and now he kind of has to because there's no one else to to run the ball. So, I moved him up from twenty third to. Eleventh, uh, I had him at nineteen dollars, and now I'd pay I'd pay high thirties for him. Yeah, I I redid my projections, and I ended up with him as a running back twelve. Um, he just all I did was take a take a 
theoretics touches and distribute them between um, uh, Zach Zenner, CJ Anderson, and and Carryon Johnson. With Carryon Johnson getting you know two. Uh, two carries for every one carry that each one of those guys got kind of, he got 50% of the load and it boosting up to running back 12. So all of a sudden he's uh his ADP is going to fly through the freaking ceiling. Um, so, I mean, he's probably going to be what an early third round pick we think at this point, Mike, what do you think? You know, I, I, I honestly don't see much difference. I mean, obviously you're going to get the involved if he was still there, but Carry on Johnson's already proven that he can catch the ball in the NFL. So mm-hmm. how much how much work was really theoretic going to get? And obviously his ADP is going to climb because now there's no threat whatsoever. But to me, that threat wasn't really legitimate in the first place. You I mean, we we had evidence last year of theoretic taking touches away from Carry on Johnson. Right. And then you also have to realize that Carrion Johnson was a rookie last year, too. So they put him through tests and see what what he can do now that he's had a full year under his belt. He's come through, done some drills or whatever he's OTAs and those kind of things. They they know what they have with Carrion Johnson. So if he can be that bell cow and they're they're not going to have to worry about someone needing to come in on third downs then Theo Riddick basically becomes expendable. And he was part – my point was he was partially expendable anyways coming into the season before it even started. Now that Carrion John has supplanted himself, I think they looked at it and go, why are we paying this guy? We, he's our third down specialist, and we don't need him. Well, why are we going to contract him pay this money when we don't need it? So there he goes. All right. Sounds good. All right. So moving on, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is fully cleared from his ACL tear, which means it's all systems go. He's a 12th round pick right now. I think that that's tremendous value um, given what they've done in the offense since the last time he's uh, uh, played it down for the 49ers. Um, Flip side of that is Jarek McKinnon started on the pup list for the 49ers uh, recovering from his ACL tear last year. Um, So, I mean, not much changes there for the Niners, right? We kind of assumed that – well, with Jimmy G, we kind of assumed that he would be um, coming back from the ACL. But uh, Jarek McKinnon, starting on the pup, do you guys does that make you guys worried? Does that move Braid up for you guys, or are we sitting sitting pretty and just kind of assume that this would be what was happening? I like Jimmy G coming back. I like receivers. I'm optimistic for once in my life. Uh, I moved Tevin Coleman up a few bucks, and Matt Breda, Tevin Coleman, I moved up to six bucks and Matt Breda up to three bucks, which, so I, I moved them up, but I don't still not a firm believer in that backfield. All right, Mike, what is, what, what is this Niners news? Have you thinking? I, I think it's going to be a running back by committee anyway. So it's, it's basically a round table of running backs. And unless really someone like, as we were talking about last week with Tevin Coleman, just coming on and, and exploding or something, that effect, because I don't really see that with Jerick McKinnon, then, yeah, it's it's really going to be, okay, whoever's available, go out there and play. Okay, sounds good. And so we'll just do a quick uh, rundown. A couple superstar wide receivers, Antonio Brown's on the NFI. 
I don't, I'm not worried about that. New Hopkins activated from the active pup list. Um, everybody uh, filled their diapers about that earlier in the week and nothing came of it by Saturday. And then we have a whole rundown of leg injuries. Uh, Darius Geis, full participant in practice after tearing his hamstring or tearing his hamstring, injuring his hamstring at practice earlier. Again, that was a diaper filling moment. Uh, I did my own share of it. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton's week to week with a tweaked hamstring. Calvin Ridley didn't practice Saturday with a hamstring. Duke Johnson didn't practice Saturday with a hamstring. Sony Michelle with his knee scope returned to practice on Saturday. Todd Gurley practiced on Saturday. Any of this change anything for you guys? Uh, Darius Geis coming back. I'm not. It, that doesn't change much for me because it's a re-injury thing that I'm worried about. The other guys, I, I, they'll all be playing for in the in the regular season. That's what I think. I'm not no, worried about any of these guys like except Todd Gurley. Okay, good. Let's move on for that to breaking news. Derrick Henry is in a walking boot. That's literally all I know. It came what? just came it just came across my sleeper feed on my phone. Um, that's literally all I know. I'm checking Twitter. I don't see anything. So, uh, Dion Lewis is in anybody? Isn't he undersized? What's his problem for Derek? Dion Lewis? Yeah. Uh, his problem is that he is a passing back. That's and, right. Yeah. So, yeah. So he was apparently hurt in practice yesterday. His left foot, it's very nonspecific. Um, but uh, generally, you don't want a foot injury from a guy who has running in his title. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that I... Wasn't super high on him anyways. Uh, let's see. Pending more news. I'm not going to move him down, but Deion Lewis might move up a little bit just because he'll get extra work in the regular season. But um, but it's great. It's another excuse for Marcus Mariota, which I've never seen a player have so many excuses as Marcus Mariota's had in his first uh, four or five years in the league. He's not good. He's not good. But guess what? Taylor Lewan suspended. Derrick Henry's hurt. He just has to have a chance. Just give him a chance. He hasn't had a chance. So, did Ryan Tannehill have a chance? Because I think Ryan Tannehill is going to be the starting quarterback week five. That's week five. Good golly. I was going to put him week seven, week eight, but that's what I'm talking about. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is, it's going to, it's crazy, but he's been better than um, Marcus Mariota his uh, entire uh, career. Um, people, one thing I, I figured out about Marcus Mariota is uh, people like to talk about how um, in the first three games last year, Jimmy G. Uh, struggled, quote unquote, struggled because he didn't keep up the pace from the five games before. Um, he was better than Marcus Mariota was in his um, best season. In Mariota's best season, he passed for uh, touchdowns at a higher rate and uh, interceptions at a lower rate. And well, no, interceptions weren't at a lower rate because he had three in week one and uh, he passed for more yards per game. So that kind of tells you all you need to know about uh, Marcus Mariota. It's that everybody wants him to be good, but he's not. So he has uh, lowered expectations, but uh, he's not good guys. He's not. Is is Garoppolo overhyped? No. What makes you say that? Because I didn't really get to see his game. So I'm, I'm coming from a skewed position, but Obviously, I, I will take the fact that he couldn't keep up with the games that he started with. I mean, that's like saying Patrick Mahomes this year is going to throw 55 touchdowns. It's just not going to happen. You're going to expect a regression. But it just seemed like that regression went a little farther than what I thought was going to happen. So, but without seeing the games, I can't really give a definite on that. So that, that was pretty much why I was asking. Well, he's going 12th round, so. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And really, his only, he, his 
everything was skewed last year because against Minnesota, he had a really bad game. And then against Detroit and Kansas City, he was much better. Um, but he uh, he got hurt partway through the Kansas City game, so he couldn't finish it. It was just he had a disastrous game with with three picks against Minnesota, and it soured everybody on him. But if you take his games as a Niner that he started, I mean, his pace is, uh, um, you know, 4,500 yards passing. Um so he he had a little bit of a touchdown problem, but that was the that was the 49ers team overall in 2017 had a huge touchdown problem. Um, but um, you know, four of his last five games he's thrown for multiple touchdowns. So he's he's fine. I don't think he's overhyped. Like Evan said, he's a 12th round pick. Um, he's just an upside 12th round pick because he has a ton of weapons around him. Is what it comes down to. So Debo, 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 Pettis. Uh, people are talking Trent Taylor, which. Calm down on Trent Taylor, but um, uh, who else we got? Uh, Coleman, Breda, McKinnon, if he ever plays, George Kittle. Um, so he's got a lot of weapons around him, and he's got Kyle Shanahan coaching him, which will – I mean, he made Nick – Kyle Shanahan make, made Nick Mullins a thing last season. So um, so I'm not worried about Jimmy G. I think he has a, a pretty decent floor and um, a pretty pretty high ceiling. So I think he, he's, a, he's a great pick in the 12th round. Do you, do you think that when uh, Debo does a great job on the field and scores touchdowns, that there's going to be big old faces in the stands of uh, Tiny Lister? Uh, only because I know 49ers fans as well as I do, I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say no because it's not that kind of fan base uh, to to have. Oh, you know what? And you're not allowed to bring that stuff into Levi's. That's right. So. That's why you never see him. You see him for other people, but you don't see him for uh, 49ers. Uh, They're all sipping their tea with their cardigans tied around their waist. <laughs> I mean, it's like 900 degrees at Levi Stadium. I don't know why they would bring a cardigan in, but... Um, they have to, and that's why they're all named Chad and Bo. Dude, you're really mixing your uh, your stereotypes here. I don't know what you're going for. <laughs> they're all newts. They're all what? They're all snoots. Got they it. They have their butlers wave the wave the Debo heads. The Debo heads that aren't allowed into Levi's. Correct. Yes. All right. So that's been news and notes. Um, hey everybody, it's Jeff. Um, just wanted to hop in here and let you guys know you're about to hear an ad read that's wrong. Um, I'm illiterate. I don't know how to read. Um, well, I do, but more at like a second grade level. Um, so the copy I misread uh, from draft.com, uh, you do not get a free entry into the $25 entry, uh, $1 million to the first prize, uh, $3.5 million prize tournament through draft. You only get a $3 entry. Still a good deal. You get a, a, a draft for free with a deposit. Um, it is only just a $3 entry. Um, our lawyers told us that I needed to put in this disclaimer, so I'm, I'm doing that right now. We are not trying to do a bait and switch on you. I am just a stupid man who doesn't know how to read. So next up, uh, fantasy football fans. Are you guys fantasy football fans? A little, a little bit, a little bit, little fantasy football fans. You fake fan. it for the cameras. You fake it for the cameras. Do you guys want to join the biggest NFL season-long tournament ever? Oh yeah! What is of it? You do. Of course you do. Shut up. That was a rhetorical question. <laughs> you love fantasy football and we know you do because you're listening to a podcast about fantasy football then you need to enter the 3.5 million dollar best ball championship on draft million dollars to first place how much do you guys think it costs to enter this thing 
a hundred dollars. That's a million dollar. dollar value right there. Million dollar value. Well, I'll tell you in a second because think about it. Three point five million dollars, one million to first place. Real money. It's freaking huge. If you sign up right now, all new players can get a free entry into a best ball draft when you make your first deposit if you use promo code absurdity. So you can get a free entry into this best ball championship. You can bet zero dollars that you can win a million dollars. Wait, so it's free? Free as long as you sign up free. with promo code absurdity. A B S U R D I T Y. Absurdity. Uh, a B S U R D I T Y with your first deposit on draft. I'm doing it right now. Uh, and so, do you guys want? So, this is a best ball championship. Do you guys know how best ball works? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I'll tell the people at home it's a season long league with no management. You draft and forget it. You set it and forget it. People call it fire and forget. It's great. You do the best part of the season. You draft. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wires. You don't even have to set your lineup. All you have to do is check back in every week and see how amazing your team looks. What's There's the no site again? I'm sorry? What's the site? Draft.com. Draft.com. That's why I couldn't remember. It's so easy. There's no salary caps in this one. You play in a real live snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season long league. And there's no better place to play. And you can draft a team anytime you want. Leagues start every couple of minutes and you can join one right now. Do a draft, use promo code absurdity, make a deposit. You get a free entry and you could be a millionaire. It, um, it literally doesn't get easier than that. One draft, bet $0, win a million. So again, search draft in the app store or go to draft.com and come play free with promo code absurdity, A-B-S-U-R-D-I-T-Y. All right. Now that we've sold out, we're going to move on to pick your poison. Uh, this week's pick your poison comes courtesy of Mike. So I'm going to turn this over to Mike. Absolutely. So uh, basically what uh, our league does, our home league, is instead of having a serpentine draft, we do lottery style. So every round, you could be picking the, either the top, the bottom, middle. We never know. Uh, so it makes it kind of exciting when you're looking at, say, round four, and you're starting to get you know higher up on the chain. You're starting to go from first to pick to the top pick to bottom pick. You just never know. So the lottery is just like you would think a lottery works. Uh, you pick a name out of the hat, and that's the pick they get. So uh, looking at keeper leagues, uh, I get to choose two keepers. Uh, there's five that I'm going to select from. Well, I've already done this, so but I'm going to see if you guys can get us get it correctly. Uh, five players to choose from. And the rules are basically this six point it's I get to choose two keepers if I so select two and it's full full point PPR and six points per touchdown. Okay. So uh what what happens is last year we picked a player in a specific round. So if we want to keep that player for this year, we have to give up the following round. So for instance, I chose T.Y. Hilton in the third round. If I want to keep him this year, I have to give up my second round pick. Oh, okay. All right. So I have to edit. All right. Read them off. I have my answers. I have to change my notes here. Okay. Doesn't change okay. my answer. So just to give give people the rundown of the five choices I have. Round three, T.Y. Hilton. Round four, Andrew Luck. Round seven, 
Juju Smith-Schuster. Round eight. No, I'm sorry. Round seven, Carryon Johnson. Round eight, Juju Smith-Schuster. And round 15, Jameis Winston. So is that adjusted? Uh, uh, do you, if you pick Jameis Winston, do you have to give up your round 14 pick? Correct. Okay, I got my answers. It's, it's Johnson in the sixth and Juju in the seventh. Yeah. That's a runaway for me. Same here. It's a runaway. That's your best value. Okay. Did we get You're it right? Wrong. No, you've got it wrong. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I'm going to step into Mike's shoes. He's taking Andrew Luck in the third and Juju in the seventh. He's taking Luck and Winston for that awesome stack. Uh, Evan, you're partially right. Yeah, the awesome part. Jeff, you are fully right. Yeah. Oh, the Indianapolis homer. That's right, baby. Indianapolis homer. So um, so who was – why don't you rank these guys for us, Mike? Who was your, your, your order in that you would have kept them? Um, well, yeah, basically, you know, if, if, if I had to carry on Johnson news today and was able to choose that, I, I would have gone Johnson, uh, and dropped luck, but this was before that news broke. So that, that's sort of the change there. Um, I would, so looking at it when I had it, I would say luck. Uh, of course, Smith, Schuster, Johnson, Winston, Hilton. Okay, I think yeah, mine was uh, uh, I would have gone G- Juju, Carry On, uh, Jameis because of the value, Luck, Hilton. That would have been my my order. Keeper leagues are dumb. You know. Like- you know that draft keeper leagues, I mean, auction keeper leagues do exist, Evan. No, but it's like you wake up Christmas morning, you go downstairs, and you want to open all your presents, but some of your presents are just your presents from last year, and your parents rewrapped them. That's what it is for me. Or you get up on Christmas morning, and your parents put all your old toys in the fireplace and lit them on fire, and all you have is your new toys. Yeah, well. Even the ones that, you really that like. Is that not normal? Even the ones... <laughs> Even the ones you really liked, so yeah, exactly. No, no, no. yeah, I, I you you've really got to delve into some keeper leagues, especially dynasty leagues. You'll you'll love it. Trust me, it becomes a whole new world. I don't like having to stand by by my opinion for a great length of time. <laughs> all right, so all right, so pick your poisons done. We got all all that stuff out of the way. So now we're going to talk running backs and running back strategy. Same format that we did last week for the. For the uh, quarterbacks, um, we'll start off talking strategy. We'll do a sleeper, a bust, top five each, and then we will go from there. So um, I don't know who I started with last week for quarterback strategy. Um, that was me. That was Mike. So this week, Evan, what's your what's your auction running back draft strategy? Uh, I'm uh, I'm finishing up an article. Uh, I have this uh, really uh, uh, a nice 2019 theme strategy called the barbecue strategy. Uh, because when I go to a barbecue, uh, when I have a barbecue, I have a budget, but, uh, the first thing I do is I go to the awesome butcher three towns away. I don't go to the Walmart for the meat. I don't get the half off going to expire meat. I go to the, the best butcher I can and I just get the meat. And then I look at what I have left. 
that's like uh, first round. That's like the top running backs. I just get one of these top five guys, the big four and David Johnson. And I don't really care if I have to pay more than 10% over uh, expected market value. I just get them. And then I sit for a while and I see what I have left. And based on the early bidding, if people are bidding a lot more, I know I can get a, uh, uh, a RB2 for around 30, $25 to $30. Uh, if, they're, if they're being conservative, I'll probably have to spend more up to 35. But because they're being conservative, I have that five extra dollars from getting a top running back and then either a top running back or wide receiver. So I get my RB2 for about 25 to 35. And then always a low end RB2 falls to the 15 to $25 range. And I'll go ahead and get and get that one. And then I'll make up the rest of my bench with uh, with whatever I've left over after filling out all my starters. That's so, how I'm doing it this year and I'm having good results. So it sounds like in your case, um, you're spending a good chunk in your barbecue strategy. You're spending a good chunk of um, your auction dollars on the running backs. Those are your high end meats, right? Yeah, about 60%. About 60%. Wow, I was going to ask. So, But that's uh, for all running backs. Uh, yeah. Okay. But I'll spend 65 for a top four guy. Top five. Well, no, I won't pick Johnson. Johnson won't go for 65. But if they all go for more, then I have the backup. I have David Johnson. I'll just pay high 50s for him and get him every time. Okay. So so your strategy, it sounds like, is you're getting one of the top five guys, period. Yeah. Yeah. The, the wide receiver. 52. Wow. What'd yeah, you how say? many people? How many people? How many teams? Uh, 12. Wow. I've been mocking, and he's always going for uh, at least the low 60s. That's how Deal and a half. How much did you say, Mike? I missed that. 52. For who? Ezekiel. Dang. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, I'll share. Yeah. Jeff, do you know uh Fanex Leagues? The Fanex League? Are you familiar no, with that? I'm not familiar with Fanex, no. What is okay? Uh, like? I won't bore I won't bore you with it. Uh there, there's a long history to it, but uh oh. maybe next week, uh, because we're just finishing off, we can look at the auction value if you guys want. Sure. That'll work. Auction value next week. Uh, live on air production meeting auction value. All right. So, um, so Mike, what's your, uh, what's your uh, strategy when it comes to running backs? You know, this year right now, it, I, I don't know if there is a strategy outside of McCaffrey and Elliot and Barkley and Kamara, those four guys, it, it's really a total mix and match job because you have all these players with, with problems. I mean, until Gordon's situation resides itself, you know, he he's, he's way down there and Le'Veon Bell's with the jets and that horrible offensive line. So it, it's almost like you need to get a running back that like David Johnson, if you're picking late in the first round, someone to that effect or, your your running back situation, you might as well go zero running back, uh, and that's how I'm looking at it this year. If if I'm picking seventh in my home league, if I if I can't get someone like David Johnson by then, then it's just going to be two wide receivers, even with Juju Smith Schuster, maybe. Okay, so so if you. You said if you don't get a David Johnson type, you're going zero RB. If you don't get a David Johnson type, when are you going to start looking at running backs then? Because zero RB is a, it's a, it's a commitment sort of deal. So when are you looking at our running backs? I, I well, I wouldn't be looking into running backs till uh, for myself because of Andrew Luck in round four. 
which I think even if you're going to establish the zero run be, running back theory, that's probably where you want to start anyways. Is round four? Yeah. Okay. I think you can probably get like um, a Marlon Mack maybe, uh, someone to that effect uh, around around that area. I have to look, look at the ADP, but um, uh, I'm thinking maybe even a Joe Mixon because – well, he'll probably go higher, be just uh, because. Joe Mixon's a borderline first round pick right now, and and I don't even get that. That makes like zero sense to me. But um, I hear you. I I, I I hear you. Well, hold on. Why doesn't Joe Mixon first, uh, you know, early second round pick? Why doesn't that make a whole lot of sense for you? Uh, because who who who's going to block for this guy? Who blocked for him last year? Oh, now it's even worse. Now now they they uh, what is it? Um, yeah, they're, they, I don't think they even have – they lost their offensive tackle, uh, their starting offensive tackle. They have, uh, I think, Clint Boiling, uh, who's who's really good, who's a good player, but he's hurt half the time. Uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I, don't, I don't see – who would you rather have, Le'Veon Bell or Joe Mixon? That's not the question that I'm asking here. Well, that, that's what I'm trying to that, – that, that's – that's the kind of question I'm trying to force you to ask me because I'm I'm in a slippery slope now. Well, because Le'Veon Bell and Joe Mixon are like three, four guys apart for me. They're, they're not in the same ballpark. It's I like, have them back-to-back, and uh, Bell gets the edge. Okay, so Bell gets the edge. Joe Mixon or Dalvin Cook? That's that's more what, what we're looking at here. Uh, I would, you, I'd go Cook. You'd go Cook? Okay. I have Mixon for $14 more than Cook. 14? Yeah, I like my running backs to, you know, like Jeff said, run without <laughs> falling apart. Yeah, Alvin Cook's missed half of his games in his career. So, I mean, that's the okay. beauty of auction. You can pick a guy that you hate and you don't have to be tempted with drafting him. Like, if I'm picking it's the late second round, Dalvin Cook's there. Yeah, I'm going to think about picking him. But auction, I can just say, no, I'll use that money on a guy that I like better. So that's the difference. Yeah, fourteen dollars—that's huge. I—I—I I, I don't see it that that much of a spread, unless you just really trying to avoid Dalvin Cook, so you drop him, you know, that far down. And you know, uh, because they those mid RB twos fall, I have all of them going for about twenty-five to thirty-five which, when they should when they're valued on other sites for ten dollars more. Because I just want to wait for the one that's going to drop, so I don't want to accidentally bid too much. And get one, and then one drops, and I can't get him anymore because I've already filled yeah. that spot. So yeah, that's uh, that's part of the reason why our auction values chart is uh, is uh, one of the most popular in the industry because I use actual auction strategy. But yeah, I would take Dalvin Cook in the late second round. Yeah, I mean, late second round's fine for for me too for Dalvin Cook. He just has. Uh, what about Fournette and Mixon or Freeman and Mixon? Again. Fournette and Mixon is not in the same ballpark for me. I have Fournette a lot lower than Mixon. And I have Freeman over Mixon. Freeman's my running back nine this year. Mixon's my my running back 10. And uh, given that, given, I'm just saying that Mixon in the fourth round is not realistic. That's all that I was saying. Oh, that, no, no, no. No, I agree. That's all that I was saying. Because you said in the, four, you know, a guy like. Right. like no, Mixon. no. I I'm, I agree with you. I, okay. I fully agree with you that Mixon's not going to be in the fourth round. I'm just okay. saying that's where I would pick him. I, I would not choose him in the second round. Wow. Okay. That's wild. That's wild, Mike. Uh, but anyways, all right. My running. It, it, it's, it's, it's employing the same strategy that Evan's talking about. It's just not employing it with, with uh, financial numbers. It's saying, oh, I no, don't no, want no, nothing no. to I'm do not... with this guy. 
So I'm, I'm not valuing him in the fourth round, so I don't I don't draft him. I love the name Joe Mixon, but I don't like the name right next to him, Bengals. That's what I keep staring at. And that's fair enough. I mean, I, okay, I, we're we're not talking about the reason why I stopped on Joe Mixon anymore. I was just saying that, um, you know, he's not there in the fourth round. So here uh, in the fourth round, um, I was looking by ADP and half PPR um, on Fantasy Pros. Um, which one of these guys would you take? Uh, they're going in the fourth round right now, Mike, to start up your your team if you're going zero RB. You got Josh Jacobs in Oakland. You got Philip Lindsay in Denver. You got Mark Ingram in Baltimore. Those are the guys by ADP going um, in the fourth round in half PPR. So where are you looking there to start your, your running back? Well, I would say either Jacobs or Ingram, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that's a tough question. I, I would probably go with Jacobs and just roll the dice even more because I don't really like that that situation in Baltimore with Mark Ingram. And I, I Mark Ingram, I think, hasn't had uh, more than like 30 catches uh, since his second year in the league or something to that effect. Uh, Jacobs is someone that can catch the ball pretty well. He's going to be the bell cow. He's going to be the one that pretty much they're going to be using an awful lot, especially being a rookie. The only problem is we don't know how this rookie is going to pan out, but I'm willing to take that chance over someone like Mark Ingram. Here's something I think you'll find interesting. I have Lindsay highest Ingram next and Jacobs third. But if I'm going zero RB, I would take Jacobs over the two of them. With zero RB, you want a high floor because your your first round picks are gonna are gonna get you all the points. You just want to have these guys come in and do a good job. And Jacobs has the highest floor. He's uh he's going to be the main back on a team that will probably run a lot. Ingram, he's on a new team. You, he's old, you don't know. Uh Lindsay, we don't know about Freeman. They both have a low floor. So I think that's interesting that the strategy I'm employing changes how I rank them. Never thought about that. Yeah, that's that's something that I was actually going to say in that uh, when you talk about ranks, especially with running backs, is that um, you kind of uh, have to play to the guys already on your roster. Like, for example, we were talking about Joe Mixon. Um, I have Devonta Freeman, Joe Mixon, and Dalvin Cook back-to-back-to-back in my rankings. There's not a chance in the world that I would take all three of those guys on my roster at the same time, because there's a full, there's a, a, a huge chance that, um, you know, none of them are playing by week five. I mean, they're all very volatile guys, um, in terms of, uh, um, uh, injury. Um, and Mike, I do agree with you. I think that, um, Joe Mixon does have a higher chance for not being as good this year because of uh because of the line um but but yeah you kind of do already have to look at what's on your roster um before you uh uh take the next guy you don't just blindly go down the list um to the next running back and mike i wanted to loop back um you said mark ingram doesn't catch passes but he does does that change things for you i think you might have been looking at the wrong person's stats there um because I just looked it up. He was sixth in the league between 2015 and 17 in running back catches. So does that change your impression of Mark Ingram there in Baltimore since he's a little bit more multi-talented than you had anticipated? Yeah, I, I kind of figured he didn't have that many uh, receptions because he always could catch the ball. He was a good receiver out of the backfield. The Saints just didn't use him that way, or at least I that's what I thought. Uh, and so even so, I just don't like that 
Well, I don't like the Raiders offense either. It, <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's a tough one. I, I, I'll, I'll look at the quarterbacks and I'll say, okay, Lamar Jackson is going to make, uh, take uh, volume away from Ingram because he's going to be running the ball a lot. So maybe that's the difference. Uh, but it's really close. I mean, I, if, if someone went with Mark Ingram over Jacobs or Jacobs over Ingram, it, it's not going to be something that would even consider my mind as a mistake. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm, we're, we're splitting hairs. We're picking nits here. That's what, that's what I was trying to do. So for my strategy, I do like to get a running back in the first two rounds if the value is there, because that's when you're looking at your top 10 running backs. Uh, for me this year, if I'm drafting at the beginning, of the uh, um, of the draft, you know, obviously Barkley, McCaffrey, Zeke, Kamara, one of those guys. Um, I am hoping to get uh, uh, Devonta Freeman. I may I may squeak this a little bit to be get a guy in the third round um, instead of what I usually do in a draft, which is get a guy in the first round, then get a guy in the fourth and fifth rounds after getting a couple wide receivers. Um, I do like getting the a few. Of the like Evan mentioned the RB twos that fall. I do like getting a few of them. So you know, in this year, if uh, um, let's see, just by draft, if like uh, for a perfect example, Scott Fishbowl, um, I took um, Kenyon Drake, which is looking pretty stupid now, um, and Philip Lindsay. Um, after I I I, uh, I started off with a, a higher tier um, uh, running back. It's it's kind of like a modified zero RB where you get one good guy and then you um, wait a little bit, get two or three of the back end guys in for running back twos and just hope that, you know, one of them pans out so that that way I can have, um, you know, two, two top 10 wide receivers as well. That's kind of what I do. It's sort of like um, in uh, fantasy baseball, there's, uh, you know, people like to punt pitching staffs. Um, I like to get one or two guys in the top 10 to 15 and then punt into guys. It's going to sound kind of weird to, to, to people who don't play fantasy baseball, but guys in the like high thirties in terms of ranking um, the, you know, I get three or four of those guys and then they, a couple of those pan out and they fill in my pitching staff behind my studs. So that's kind of how I do it with running backs as well. Um, you know, I am investing a first round, a first round pick and then a fourth and a fifth round pick that is investing high. And then what that also allows me to do is um, I don't have the thing in my head where I go, I need to get a running back. I need to get a running back. So around six through, say, 10 or 11, I'm just sopping up value everywhere else because I don't have to get, you know, I don't have to reach for, say, like uh, a guy I don't particularly believe in, like, say, uh, uh uh, Tevin Coleman, for example, I don't have to reach for him or a guy that, you know, maybe a little bit uh, iffy, like, uh, like uh, for Mike's example, Mark Ingram, he doesn't believe in him. I don't have to reach to get this guy that I'm not happy having on my roster because I had to fill in a running back because things fall off behind him. This way I can kind of um, start off my roster strong with guys that'll cause you, cause you only have to start two. That's the thing that people forget. They, they load up on these running backs. It's like, you only need, two to work out three if you uh you know to account for bye weeks and then everybody else should be a, like kind of an upside guy because um if you're taking roster filler like if you're taking like i don't know uh peyton barber if, unless you have risky guys that's just roster filler that's kind of a waste of a spot unless you have guys like joe mixon or kenny and drake or, i'm sorry joe mixon or dalvin cook who could get hurt um, you don't need those roster fillers. You know, you need, you need upside guys. Like there's no reason for Duke Johnson to be on a roster. There's, there's even in PPR there's, there's, that's just roster filler. 
uh, Doug Martin, kind of same thing behind Josh Jacobs. It's just these guys are, are ranked in the forties, but there's no reason to take a guy in the thirties or the forties um, unless they're a huge upside pick um, like an Alexander Madison or a justice Hill sort of deal, the rookie guys. So that's kind of how I look at it. Um, one top flight guy, two, maybe fourth, fifth tier guys. And then I'm not looking again until you're, you know, you're, you're upside guys um, later in the draft. I don't want to get stuck taking a roster filler is what it is. I don't want to get stuck forcing a Peyton Barber onto my roster. Um, if I don't, if I don't want him there. So that's my, that's my running back strategy. And yeah. And I, I think that's, that's good. I, I like the fact that you brought up Alexander Madison. Uh, I think, especially as we were talking about Dalvin cook, uh, Madison is someone that I'm having stored for, of course, this is a redraft league and keeper league. He's going to be gone way before I mean it. Dynasty League, he's going to be gone way before this. But in redraft leagues, I have him like 16th, 17th round. And I think if Dalvin Cook plays like he's been playing as far as getting hurt all the time, then you have a bell cow back coming in as a rookie in Madison. Yeah, and that's that's uh, the, uh, the thing that I, I like to call if this, then that. If you believe that Dalvin Cook is an injury risk, then – you need to go get Alexander Madison because the ramifications of that is Madison's going to play more, play more games than a lot of people think um, by your own reckoning. A lot of people don't take that first step. They say, well, I'm, they say, okay, Dalvin cook's an injury risk. I don't want Dalvin cook. It's like, okay, so what's the next step to that? Dalvin cook isn't an injury risk. So I don't want Dalvin cook, but that creates a lot of opportunity for his backup. And a lot of people don't take that next step saying the, but this is the ramification of my belief and then acting on it. Like you said, Alexander Madison or like Evan took Ra- Raquel Armstead in, in the goon fishbowl draft. Right, Evan. That sounds like me. That sounds like something I would do. Sounds like something we do. And that's because Lenny Fournette's um, is going to um, get hurt. That's, that's not an, if he gets hurt, it's a, when he gets hurt with uh, Leonard Fournette. So, all right. So, um, that's been the strategy, the overall strategy with running backs. It's, it's a position where, um, you want to spend up on if you're Evan in your auction draft with me, I kind of like to get, um, one RB one and then kind of backfill from there with upside guys. Um, after taking two, whatever RB twos kind of slip and fall in the draft a little bit. And, um, Mike, if he does, it sounds like Mike, uh, if you don't get the top flight guys, you're going to wait, that's kind of your plan, right? Yeah, if you're picking seven or below that, more than likely David Johnson's going to be your last guy that's going to be around there. And if he's gone before that, then yeah, absolutely. I, I think you just have to go wide receiver or tight end, depending on where you're at. Uh, tight end's another option as well. Okay. So Travis Kelsey is what you mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, which yeah. I'm actually thinking, uh, I picked seventh. Uh, and if Johnson's gone, which uh, if Gordon's news continues, uh, Johnson will probably be gone before I pick at seven. And um, yeah, I'm lo- logistically thinking uh, Travis Kelsey at, at, at that spot. Wow. So, it, okay. So the ram. So what you're saying is, uh, with the first five, you've got DJ Saquon, McCaffrey, Zeke, and Kamara all off the board. So you're looking at two of uh new Hopkins, Devonte adams and travis kelsey and you're gonna go kelsey over one of those two wide receivers is your game plan 
Uh, well, then now that you sort of <laughs> laid it out like that, <laughs> uh, that's a negative. I will not go Kelsey. Uh, <laughs> But I would definitely go Adams or, or Nuke for sure. Yeah, that, that's that's what I was thinking because uh, it's one of those things where you have your ranks and you have your ideas, and then you go into the draft and you're like, oh, oh, actually, you know what? Never mind. Because I do yeah. that a lot where I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. And then I go into a draft. And I'm like, well, no, that's not correct. That's not what I'm going to be doing at all. So just something to, uh, to, 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 to think about there. So, all right. So strategies in the books, we're going to move on to sleepers here. So, um, Mike, uh, Evan went first on the, on the, um, the strategy. So I'll let you go first for who your first sleeper is. I, there, there's a few out there. If, if, if you really want to go somewhere, uh, deep with a sleeper, I think, I like Alexander Madison. Uh, I think that obviously Dalvin Cook doesn't seem like he's going to be someone that you can count on to be healthy for 16 games. I like the fact that Madison is just a bull. I mean, if you if you like those kind of running backs that are a Derrick Henry kind of type that just get the ball and just run over people with it, then Madison's your guy. I, myself, partake in in those kind of players like i love earl campbell type players just someone that's just gonna run over them um and he can catch a little bit too so i the deepest sleeper i have is alexander madison okay evan who's your sleeper running back that you're looking at this year i'm liking carlos hyde on the chiefs ah i do not like damian williams there's a good chance that he is not a good football player we have too small of a sample size and Carlos Hyde is going to start breaking huge plays on our player profiles. I uh, compared highlight footage of Hyde to Williams last year, and Hyde's is way better. He's doing amazing stuff. And Williams is just running forward behind the line and getting good blocks and then scoring. Yeah, that's, that's the thing with Carlos Hyde, too, is people uh, last year got everybody off the Carlos Hyde bandwagon. But... Um, before he he'd only started two seasons in San Francisco and he was a, a top 18 running back in both seasons. And then last year he went off to Cleveland um, who got their offensive coordinator and head coach fired partway through the season. And then he went on to Jacksonville who got their offensive coordinator fired after the season. So it's like, which Carlos Hyde am I going to believe in the one who was a top 18 running back in, in, you know, not even good offenses, just when he was given full opportunity um, by guys who weren't immediately fired, which, spoiler alert, actually they were immediately fired. <laughs> they were Chip Kelly and um, uh, uh, Jim Tom Sula. But uh, uh, now he's going into Kansas City, who um, people like to talk about how um, Andy Reid likes to have a bell cow back. Well, you would have a bell cow back, too, if your backs you used were uh, Brian Westbrook, uh, LaShawn McCoy, Jamal Charles, and Kareem Hunt. Like, come on. That's that's the the head coach head coach equivalent of Brandon Cooks going from uh uh you know having Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Jared Goff in his career. It's like, well, of course you're gonna lean on those guys. Those are four of the better backs in the league at the time. So I like Carlos Hyde because I don't like Damian Williams. It's the same, the same, the same sort of deal. Did I steal uh, your sleeper? No, you did not. Um, but real quick, I just want to say, uh, since um, 
I didn't have your your guys beforehand. I forgot to ask for him. Alexander Madison is a, a running back 58 off the board, 178 overall. So that's great value. Um, also great value is running back 45, 126 overall, which is Carlos Hyde. But uh, for my money, the best value is running back 55 off the board, 177. Um, I'm sorry, 157. Um, and that was my sleeper, uh, Devin Singletary with Buffalo. So right now what we got going on in Buffalo is you have TJ Yeldon, who's actually by some accounts projected to get cut um, as the roster cutdowns happen. You got Frank Gore, who's 100,000 years old. You got LaShawn McCoy, who's only, you know, uh, 999,000 years old. He's not quite as old as Frank Gore, but he's getting up there in years. And it's been a couple of years since he's been any good. In steps Devin Singletary. He's a smaller guy. He's only 5'8", 203. Um, But his college production is ridiculous. Um, uh, On 714 carries in college, he ran for 4,299 yards and 66 touchdowns. And what's the number one knock? I'm going to, I'm going to, Shut you guys up right now before you even say one word about it. Uh, 76% of his yards came after contact in college because he ran behind one of the worst offensive lines in college. So I know you guys were going to say, well, Buffalo's offensive line is bad. That's correct. But Singletary is kind of a a shiftier guy. And um, he, like I said, 76% of his yards came after contact. And last year in college, he was second to David Montgomery in uh, forced missed tackles with 96 um, forced missed tackles to uh, David Montgomery's 100. Um, he had a bad combine, so he slipped a little bit, but he has good tape. Ironically, he has, when I watched him, I saw some shady McCoy in the open field and I saw some Frank Gore when he, um, uh, got into a pile because classic Frank Gore did this thing where he would get, you know, the size of a postage stamp in a pile and then come shooting out like, like a, uh, like a rocket. And, um, that's kind of what Devin Singletary does. He gets lost in the pile and then he comes flying out. Um, that's why he got so many yards after contact, um, in college. Um, so I think that it's going to be, he's going to be a guy you're going to have to draft and stash. Um, but, he, he has that kind of upside. Um, he didn't catch a lot of passes in college, but when he was targeted, he did catch the ball. Um, he just wasn't t- targeted a whole lot. Um, so I do think that Devin Singletary does have a chance to be um, a running back too um, from, you know, week, we'll say week six on. I think he has a chance to steal that job, especially with reports that Yeldon isn't a lock to make the roster out of camp. So uh, that, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. I was just going to say that that's my sleeper pick is uh, Devin Singletary. I got two things. Uh, number one, on Singletary, you're absolutely correct about the the comp with LaShawn McCoy. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why you're hearing this rumors what, where McCoy might be released from the Bills. It has everything to do with Singletary, uh, the, if he, especially if he's what he is. And, and, and absolutely correct about being another LaShawn McCoy. So – why pay McCoy all this money when you have this rookie that can do literally the same things? And then secondly, uh, big news, uh, Cincinnati, A.J. Green is carted off the field. Oh, no. With uh, ankle injury. I, don't know, uh, I wanted him to get on people's rosters that weren't mine before this happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, can, I, can I just say that my, uh, my dollar value for him is 11 and his average auction value is 40. So I'm feeling wow. pretty smug right now. So uh, uh, did, do you have any more information, Mike? Not only is this telling as far as uh, being carted off, but I think 
the one of the big signs about this is when the injury happened, he threw his mouthpiece. So when whenever I see players that are that angry over something like that, I think this is going to be pretty serious. Yikes. So with Derrick Henry and AJ Green off the board, a couple of uh, uh, guys going as that at the kind of like AJ Green's a high end wide receiver two in drafts this year. And um, Derrick Henry's a middling running back too. That's uh that's a, a weird day um, for uh, for uh, middling value guys. So, wow. Thanks, Mike. Um, mm, that kind of tempers the whole uh, Joe Mixon discussion because and my my article calling Tyler Boyd a bust because this if AJ Green's out, Tyler Boyd is going to be a monster. Yeah. And Tyler Boyd showed that he could be a monster when AJ Green was out. And I also should say that uh, from um, Albert Breer. Uh, that's a report from Albert Breer. For those of you listeners wondering who my next person that I'm fading that I predict is going to get injured, it's Emmanuel Sanders. Don't grab him. Because of re-injury, you think? He's been in the season nine years, and he's been injured 18 times. Wow. Sounds a lot like Vance McDonald. Also, Denver's got some great young guys in Hamilton who is a little tweaked up, but he'll be fine. And Sutton, they can afford to just fade fade Sanders in only the three wide receiver looks. Yeah. So, uh, wow, this uh, AJ Green thing kind of threw me off because I don't know, I don't know where to go here. This is a uh, 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 breaking news is is killing me a little bit. So, uh, AJ Green, I guess we'll, it, it's like Mike said, uh, the. Um, like Mike said, the uh, the news is new, doesn't sound good, and um, we'll we'll just wait to see on that. So um, they're saying it's his foot ankle, uh, so it doesn't look like uh, ACL, but yeah, um, that's <laughs> foot ankle is not not much uh, better news than an ACL, that's for sure. Yeah, it's it's um, it's not good news. That's definitely a. Uh, uh, a blow so um all right so now um we'll talk our top five guys i mean it's pretty clear we're, we're gonna have the same top five guys does anybody have anybody but dj as their number five running back um number five that's right let's see uh no i have i have uh, actually i need an update but yeah i have dj right now at number five that's because of melvin gordon news Okay, so you have DJ at five. Okay, so we have the same top five. So um, I guess all we have to quibble about is the order. So we all know DJ is five. So we'll actually be talking about the top four guys here. So uh, Mike, who are your top four guys in order? My top four in order at number one, Christian McCaffrey. Number two, Ezekiel Elliott. Three, Saquon Barkley. Four, Alvin Kamara. Okay, so CMC, Zeke, Saquon, and Kamara. Evan, who are your four guys? I like Elliot number one. I like Barkley number two. I have CMC and uh, Kamara both at $65, but that's kind of cheap to hedge my bets. Uh, if I had to pick one, I'd pick Kamara. And we discussed why uh, on uh, the show before last. He's just a better player. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so I had, before the last three days, I had Saquon. I had. Uh, Saquon, Zeke, uh, Kamara, and then Christian McCaffrey. 
now I'm going Kamara one. I truly believe in Kamara. I think he's going to have a huge season. Then I'm going to go Zeke because I do think he reports, but I think he starts off slowly. Then I'm going to go Saquon and CMC. Reason for CMC fourth, again, we talked about a little bit before, is um, he got a ton of his volume with uh, when Cam was banged up. Cam seems to not be banged up. And by all accounts, um, Cam Newton's shoulder seems to be better. So, um, so that kind of moves the ball more to Curtis Samuel, more to DJ Moore, less to Christian McCaffrey, I think, because he can air it out a little bit more and he doesn't need to do so many dump offs to Christian McCaffrey. That having been said, Mike, if I woke up tomorrow morning and was feeling saucy, I could put CMC first. Evan, if I woke up tomorrow, I'd have no problem with Zeke being first if he reported to camp. This is just these these top guys. It's just picking nits right now. So I want to run it through again and see what you guys, uh, if you have any quibbles. Uh, Mike has, no. so we'll go number one. Mike has McCaffrey. I have Kamara. Evan has Zeke. Uh, Mike, anything stand out to you there? Uh, as far as what? Uh, something you sharply disagree with with the number one overall pick uh no i yeah no i i think by the end of the season it's going to be any of those four guys up at the top yeah yeah any of those any mccaffrey uh elliot barkley kamara any of those guys could be the number one guy by the end of the season okay perfect all right so um that's kind of how i feel about it um, it's, it's whatever particular knit you want to pick, whatever particular hair you want to split. That's how your order goes. And that changes from day to day for me. It's kind of, um, obnoxious that I can't nail down a top four, but it does kind of change for however I'm feeling, um, from day to day. Um, so Evan, what about, uh, your, your, uh, uh, top four, anything that kind of stands out for what we talked about, or is it just kind of fluid for you as well? It's why 2019 really fits the barbecue strategy. Well, because I designed it for 2019, but one of those guys is going to go for early 60s because there may be one owner out there who wants to uh, just bid for the moon to get a top four RB. There might be two owners out there. There might be three even, but there's not going to be four. We're talking about one third of the league that's willing to, to super overpay. So one of these people is going to fall for a uh, low 60s and i can design my whole auction around that it's really nice i've never had such a specific strategy you should do an article on that yeah strategy i'm hoping i'm hoping yeah i gotta get that out uh i'm hoping the barbecue metaphor will make it fun yeah cool. yeah I, that's the kind of thing that'll that'll track i listed on something awful and it's just a bunch of rules and it was the most dry boring thing ever so maybe if i weave in the metaphor it'll be a lot easier to read yeah, maybe if you were a professional writer, you could make pull that off, huh? I'm not. I'm not good at writing. I'm just good at getting other people to buy my writing. Buy your writing. All right. So those are. I mean, the the top four. I kind of jammed it in here uh, before busts, unlike last week, because I knew there wasn't going to be much. Uh, the the top four is kind of set in stone for most people. Top five now with the Melvin Gordon news. DJ kind of gets set in stone as well. It's just the order we have to quibble about, and I don't really have any quibbles with these. Uh, I could see Christian McCaffrey being one. Zeke Kamara or Saquon. Saquon moved to third for me because they're not going to have any running or wide receivers uh, to start the season. Any good ones, at least it sounds like. So, um, you know, can you put more than eight in the box? Can you put all 11 guys in the box and just not defend the wide receivers? Because I think that's uh, what might happen there in New York. So now we'll switch to the busts. Um, guys, you really don't want on your roster. Um, I'm going to go uh, Derek Henry because he, I just have this feeling he's going to end up in a walking boot at some point. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
Evan, who's your bust for this season? Well, besides Damian Williams, who I already touched on, uh, I'm pretty low on James White. I have him running back 28, although it seems like people are starting to uh, – people are starting – he's starting to go down on draft boards. Uh, uh, buddy, this, this is a family podcast. <laughs> Kenyon Drake, I have his RB24. I think he's too small, and I think Village is uh, the person they were trying to lean on late last year. Uh, and I, uh, I, I, I made that call before Village started getting the starts in practice, too. I want to be clear. So here's, here's my quibble with Kalen Balaj uh, versus Kenyon Drake. Kalen Balaj is bad. He's not good. That's the problem. Well, and they Miami, can... therefore bad. Well, no. I mean, even in college, he wasn't good when he was at Arizona ASU. He he changes direction like you know a frigate trying to turn in the water. Like he can run in a straight line, and that's what happened in his seventy-five yard touchdown last year. Is that the seas kind of parted and nobody caught him? And he's super fast in a straight line. The problem is, is running behind Miami's offensive line, he's not going to have a lot of opportunity to to you know run in a straight line a whole lot. So that's that's my that's my quibble with Kalen Balaj, though I know I agree. I just uh I think he's gonna be RB1, so he'll he'll be a nice flex option. That he'll get enough, volume, op- just volume, enough yeah. opportunity. Only volume through sheer volume. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean that Miami just seems to pick players who are bad. Not that their system makes you bad, which it does, but it's just there is can you name a good player in Miami? Uh yeah, Mike Gasicki, baby. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Gasicki. Uh, Miami people have something to believe in. Yeah. By the way, that's a preview of my sleeper in two weeks, uh, Mike Kosicki, uh for the for the uh, Miami Dolphins. Mike, you have any quibbles with uh, uh, Kenyon Drake as a bust for for Evan there? No, I think anybody in Miami is probably bust worthy. <laughs> really, I would stay <laughs> away from any any uh, Miami guys. So yeah, I don't really have a problem with that call at all. All right, then. So who is your bust for the 2019 season at running back? I, I kind of wanted to do someone in the top 20 uh, and someone maybe a little controversial. So I'm I'm going to go with Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Okay. So Nick Chubb uh, for the Browns, it does it have to do with Kareem Hunt or what? what's what's your, your bust reason there? Well, number one, it, as you said, Kareem Hunt is going to be coming back, I think, they think in week nine. Um, uh, well, week nine, they have a buy, I believe. So it's going to be week 10. Okay. So week 10, uh, which, which is sort of good news for Nick Chubb, because by the time cream hunt comes back, say week 10, 11, 12, he's now, uh, back in football shape and the game shape and all that kind of stuff. But they're going to split from weeks 12, 13 and 14. So you're not going to really get that big of a hit as a fantasy owner. I also, don't like the fact that uh, Odell Beckham is now in the fold for Nick Chubb's value. And that's because whenever you put someone as worthy as Odell Beckham into the lineup, that means your volume is going to decrease, especially someone not only as uh, Beckham's status, but he's also new to the team. So they're going to want to get him involved as much as possible. So if this was two years down the line, he's already in the fold. He's already, you know, custom to the team. They probably won't uh, look for him as much volume as as they would. But at this point right now, they're going to get Beckham, just pepper him with with balls. So 
And then the third thing is if we're talking PPR, Nick Chubb showed he could catch a little bit, but he is not a pass catcher. So that's going to hurt his value as well. So with all those sort of elements combined, I'd stay away from Nick Chubb uh, in the top 20 uh, and just go elsewhere. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't argue with that. They're, the usage, the usage in uh, Cleveland is going to be a lot different this year because of Odell Bell, Odell Beckham, like you said. I think Antonio Callaway does emerge there as well. So it's just going to take overall opportunity away from Chubb even before Kareem Hunt comes back. Uh, Evan, do you have any quibble with that Nick Chubb uh, bus pick? I want to believe in everything Cleveland. Why? Why is it that every time, Mike? Why is it that every time I show any optimism towards anything, you got to ruin it with facts and logic? This is why I'm a pessimist, because I, I hate disappointment. I just want to give you a bad day. <laughs> my kids take care of that. Thank you very much. No, Guys, my, my kids are great, but they're six-year-old twin boys. You're going to be shocked. You're going to be shocked to hear my my bus pick at running back. Absolutely my kids? Got, absolutely got up smacked. It's going to be Evan's children together in a trench coat, and the trench coat on the back. He's going to have a football jersey, and I'm kind of losing the metaphor here. It's Todd Gurley. It's Todd Gurley. I I mean, the games that he's going to play are going to be decently good, but the games he doesn't play, it's he's going to hurt your team because um, it's going to be one of those things where I have a feeling he's going to be active for every single game, and you're just not going to know when it's going to be a game where he's getting load managed and he's only going to get you know six, seven, eight touches in that game and just completely – bonk your roster for that week so that's why i'm putting him as a bust because he's going to be a nightmare to own i believe because i think he's going to be active for pretty much every game but you're not going to know when it's going to be a um a a week where he doesn't get as many carries and he takes a back seat to daryl henderson so he's my bust if you don't like that answer my other answer is leonard Fournette because leonard Fournette's going to get hurt if you don't like that answer my answer is derrick henry because derrick henry's also hurt so pick one of those three guys, and that's my answer. And and uh, I tripled the amount of answers because it triples the odds that I'm correct. So, so I, you, I, I, I'll go for it, Mike. Are, are, are you saying that uh, Daryl Henderson over Malcolm Brown and uh, Jim Kelly and Eric Dickerson and Steven Jackson and Marshall Falk? I'm sorry, what? Are you saying Todd Girl? I mean, if Todd Gurley's backup, right? You're saying it's, it's Henderson, correct? I think that that's why they drafted him is to be Todd Gurley's backup. Yes. Okay. So you're saying, obviously you're agreeing that he's, he's better than Malcolm Brown, mm -hmm. and John Kelly, mm -hmm. and Eric Dickerson and Steven Jackson. I don't understand where you're getting lost. You're losing me there. That second half. Those are old Ram players. I know they're old Ram players. I've, I'm, I'm just lost. <laughs> I'm making a joke. Not going oh. to very well. Yeah, okay. Yes, I do. Obviously, you're going to take. Obviously, you're going to take Debra Henderson over all those guys. Correct. <laughs> That's correct. Sorry, I got lost there. I'm. 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 Uh, I'm. Uh, turns out Saturday morning is not a good time for me to record a podcast. I'm not quite awake yet. Um. Uh, so. So yes, I would take Todd Gurley over what thirty. We'll say thirty-seven year old Stephen Jackson at this point. I will I will take him over over Steven Jackson. Um and what's Marshall Falk? Like 45, 46, somewhere up there. Um, so um, you know, maybe I'll take Falk. 
I'm I'm not sure. Um, it's 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 definitely up in the air. I take him over John Kelly. That's for certain. They both probably have the same amount of arthritis. That's true. That's actually true. That's why I was so lost with with your joke, Mike. Was I wasn't sure if you were making an arthritis joke. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm not sure where to go with this joke. I don't know how to riff on it. That's why I was like, uh, <laughs> sure. Um, but anyways, that's that. Those are my busts. Is uh, Todd Gurley, Evans is uh, Nick Chubb, and oh no, Mike's is Nick Chubb. Evans, yours was. Damian Williams and James White and Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. All right. So those are the the sleepers, breakouts. I'm sorry, sleepers, busts, and top five for the running backs this week. You guys have anything else you want to talk about with running backs before we get out of here? No, I'm excited. Uh, Draft.com took my promo code. Yeah, promo code absurdity. So, they bought uh, FanDuel. They did. They and FanDuel merged. They're- big now and they bought a real url that makes sense mm-hmm. mike you got anything left you want to say about the uh the uh um running backs uh they're they're good uh they're they have good running legs and um they're it's my favorite position thank you counterpoint mike some running backs are bad <laughs> what <laughs> Some running backs are bad. I know it's hard to believe. So, all right, we're going to get out of here. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We did have some technical issues on this one. So some parts seem a little bit choppy. It's because my crafty editing isn't that crafty. Please, if you like what I, like what we do, we got a Patreon link on the website. It's up there. At support. Uh, we got player profiles now. You can see a lot more of them now than you will be able to next week because some of them are going to go behind the paywall. Got to be a Patreon supporter. Also, uh, if you want to bet $0 that you can win a million dollars, go to draft.com slash absurdity, promo code absurdity. That's ABS as in anti-lock break system, URD as in um, underwear retrieval delivery. <laughs> I lost the thread. Oh, I love the red light district. Yeah, that's absurdity. A-B-S-U-R-D-I-T-Y. Uh, play draft. Uh, $0 bet could win you a million dollars. Uh, We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Next week, it's going to be the same format, some news, and we're going to talk wide receiver strategy, top five, sleeper, and bust. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.